Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator, Travis Klein. And I am the Assistant Director of Career Services, Hannah Christian. And welcome to season two. So this is the first episode of season two of Behind the Bearcat, our first socially distanced episode. Uh, Hannah and I are actually both in the career services office, but we're in our respective offices, uh, more than, way more than six feet away from each other, um, <laughs> trying to keep everybody safe as, as we go through this here. So this season will be a little bit different. We're going to record through Zoom, as you can see, uh, a little bit different than the studio that we were in before, um, but, but we're going to make it work and do the best that we can with COVID. So Hannah, how did you survive the, the lockdown and everything that went on with COVID? We did well. My children were all at home, so they were supposed to be doing their schooling. And uh, fortunately, I think it couldn't have happened at a better time because it, it happened, you know, in, in mid to late March when we could actually go outside. I can't imagine being locked down in the middle of winter and trying to deal with that when nobody could go outside. But it went over pretty well. Uh, I think for our office, we did a lot of thinking through why we were doing processes, we had to kind of redistribute some tasks based on what people enjoyed or didn't enjoy working at a little bit more. Um, And so that was really interesting to me because I found that it was much harder for me to do the interruptible tasks at home. I did a lot better working on those focused singular tasks, just knocking things off the the checklist. And I think you did as well, Travis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, I was a lot more focused working at home than, than I am in the office. Didn't have all the distractions that I normally have. We have two offices in our house. So my wife worked in the upstairs office where all the kids are and where the noise is. And then I was in the basement office that was nice and quiet and private. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, I got, I got a lot done. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Did you have many students reach out to you throughout the, the end of the spring semester and start of summer here? I think keep in mind, so I actually uh, started a PhD program this summer as well. So I took five weeks of complete vacation to work on that. So I had probably, I helped probably about 30 to 35 students in that time frame. A lot of them uh, were actually fall graduates, I think, that were reaching out because they, you know, maybe had had a first position and maybe had gotten let go because of COVID. Um, some of them were students who were graduating in the spring and who were kind of freaking out about, you know, where are people hiring? I don't know um, what to do. Um, And then a few of them were looking for internships. They were still undergraduates. So how about you? I had quite a few reach out. Mostly it was students who had internships that they thought were going to fall through or that did fall through. Um, So a lot of questions about internships and uncertainty about that. I also uh, took over the Hire a Bearcat social media accounts on Twitter and Facebook. Um, If you don't, if you haven't followed those, it's at Hire a Bearcat and really good posts for jobs. So a little plug there. We had a lot of companies posting for full-time positions and then internships both. Um, One thing I was kind of surprised at, I think that those less high profile internships, those kind of smaller to medium-sized companies, they were still doing internships in some way. Maybe they were virtual or remote, but they still had them. And I think they didn't have the applicants that they typically do because of COVID. So I think actually our students would have had a better chance to get some of those than they would have otherwise. They just weren't necessarily thinking about those or applying for those. So there were still opportunities. And I I kind of noticed that as well. I noticed that 
internships were either they were open and you had to apply like right away mm-hmm. or there wasn't kind of that window of like, well, all the internships are filled, you know, it's June 1st, there's no more internships available. Right. There were quite a few that kind of popped open, hey, we're still going to have this internship mm-hmm. in, you know, mid July or something. So there was an opportunity for students to kind of late apply versus everything was full up in April. Yeah, it definitely disrupted the process for a lot of organizations, I think. But I think that helped the students who maybe were a little latecomers and not the ones who get stuff done by February. So yeah, there were, it was good to see that there were still opportunities and we're still seeing a lot of full-time positions and different positions. Um, I think remote work is definitely something that's going to be more common now. And that's that's just, that's flexible. That's nice for people. Maybe not pay and as well. I think well. flexing between remote work and working from the office as mm-hmm. things are needed, that's going to be a more fluid concept. My I know my best friend works as a financial services person. And so um, she had to get, she didn't even have a laptop at work. They had to get her a laptop. Actually, they had to get her two laptops because the first one broke. And um, then she had to have, then they didn't send her the power cord. So then they had to send the power cord and on and on and on. And finally, you know, after four weeks of working from home, she had, all right, now I have my perfect setup. And then they were like, okay, next week, you're going to come back to the office. So, but they made them, they kept all of their at home setup when they were able so that, you know, in case of some other emergency or something where they had to shift, they would have that capability of then going back and kind of seamlessly working from home if they needed to. So I think that's kind of a, something that's going to be a little bit, that flexibility is going to be built in, I think for the next year, couple months, I don't know, maybe even longer. Yeah, maybe. It may change the way that work looks completely for some companies. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So what as you work with students, you know, I know one of the things that I've gotten a lot of questions about is, um, you know, throughout the whole time, students were worried that they weren't doing anything and they weren't taking advantage of it. So, you know, what were some things like, you know, you said you worked with around 30 students, probably total on that. So what were some of the things that that you had questions from students about what they could be doing or things like that? So a lot of students, we got the typical uh, resume questions. Mm -hmm. I think two key points stood out to me. One, huge opportunity for LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, You're just sitting at home between classes or between shifts at work. You should be working on your LinkedIn profile because it shouldn't just be uh, your online version of your resume, right? It should be, Um, You can highlight the projects that you've done, not even projects for classes. You can do projects on your own independently, highlight some of the work, highlight some of the skills that you have, reach out to people on there, ask for advice. Hey, what advice would you give if I wanted to be hired as a UX designer? Um, I see you're a UX designer with Nike. What does it take for me to be able to be hired on that type of level or to do that type of work? What kind of skills would you recommend that I grow and develop? So the LinkedIn game, there was a huge opportunity on LinkedIn. Um, As people are trying to hire, they're not able to hire you to bring you in to interview you. So they're pushing their hiring practices out. They're recruiting more off of online platforms. So they're out there as well. So we say to go to LinkedIn because that's where employers sort of move um, job postings and hirings to. So there's a real huge opportunity and it's still out there for people uh, with some sort of LinkedIn game, right? So mm-hmm. complete your profile. That's that's at a minimum. Fill, you know, put your headshot in. Get a background picture. That's one thing that I still see people who are professionals change your background header. Like that's super easy to do. And um, anything, anything but the default. Just black is better than the default. So to fill that out, change that information. 
do some of those reach outs. There's courses you can take mm -hmm. through LinkedIn. There's all kinds of things that you can do. Be posting, post daily. Um, if you want to get a job as a product designer, talk about things that product designers talk about. Get into the conversation. Get into groups about project design, or excuse me, product design. Those types of things are are invaluable when it comes to learning. The other thing that I saw was that a student would say, I'm going to, I'm an ag business major and I'm going to apply to ag sales jobs. And they would type into Indeed or LinkedIn or Google ag sales. And then they would find, you know, 18 jobs. They would apply for all of them and never hear back. And they'd be like, well, my life is over. And yeah. so I would, I would encourage students to know that there are hundreds of thousands more types of jobs out there that you would be qualified for. It just takes a little bit of keyword searching to find out what those job titles are. They're not always self-evident. So seed sales, um, you know, crop insurance sales, like there's all types of different little niches of job titles. And I think students give up sometimes too easily when it comes to looking for jobs or internships because they're not sure about the right job title. So that's a good Google search. Just spend one day Google searching, see if you can get about 20 job titles that you might be qualified for or interested in. Um, and then search from there because you're probably going to find, you're probably going to find that the job that you end up getting is probably not the same job title as you thought you were going to apply for. That That's probably the biggest low-hanging fruit, I think, for students is they just don't understand that job title game. What about you? Uh, yeah, that, very similar. Um, I'm not, I'm not very good with LinkedIn. So I, I tend to Twitter is usually more where kind of the space where I play, but definitely the take the opportunity to deep dive to learn more about it. I had several computer science students reach out. So, you know, advice that we hear from employers all the time is they like for people to have like passion projects with computer science. So build something that you're interested in an extension for a browser or an application or something. So COVID was a perfect time to have plenty of time to do that. And then you post it on your LinkedIn profile. Absolutely. Put or it GitHub. out on GitHub. GitHub yeah. Get it out there for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of just take the opportunity to learn. You know, I spent most of it researching how to do podcasts through Zoom. So, you know, learn, take the time to learn a skill. And you mentioned those free courses. Um, there were all kinds of those offered and a lot of companies either made them free or really low price. So yeah, there were definitely opportunities to grow. And then I also tried to push kind of digital volunteer on students. I had several psychology human services students reach out who, you know, an internship such a big part of what they do and they maybe weren't able to do that. So, you know, find ways to, to you know, work for advocacy groups or things like that in the online space, something you can do from home that definitely helps. Um, I definitely think it was a good opportunity for students to kind of build up the, you know, tell us about a time you had to overcome adversity. Tell us about a time <laughs> you had a challenge you didn't expect. You know, those interview questions come up all the time and COVID was really good fertile ground for answers for that, I think. So I think that students it, have a good opportunity there. You know, it was also a great time to freelance. If mm -hmm. you never thought about being a freelancer, even if you're an ag business person, if you have some sort of, I know how to set up a WordPress website, mm -hmm. um, those types of skill sets that really you can find a quick course or you can do the Google searching to figure out how to do that on your own. If you can do that and add that type of skill to your degree knowledge, that's really going to deepen uh, your abilities and your higher ability, I think. Absolutely. And then post it on LinkedIn. Yeah, put it, you got to talk about it. That's 
And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that I liked that our office did was we, we really kind of tried to boost up student success. So every time we heard about a student getting an internship, getting into grad school, getting a job, you know, we would put that out there. And I think that that, that helped because it shows students that there's availability out there. But then it also, you know, we were able, that's what, that's our bread and butter. That's what we want students to do is to be successful. So to be able to actually put those stories out multiple times a day, a lot of times that was really nice and helped keep my morale up during the, the lockdown for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think the most insightful thing for me is talking to students who've been through that process so that then I can share, because obviously I'm not looking for a job right now. I'm quite happy with the job that I have. And so it's, it's different to give advice about looking for a job rather than going through the process of looking for a job. Like there's a whole emotional aspect to it that I simply can't connect to it mm -hmm. on the same level. And so I really loved, I, I would get a hold of those students. I had two students last week, actually three students that I was helping who actually finally got jobs and reached back out to me to say, hey, thank you for all your help. I finally got a job from all the things that we were talking about, all the things that I was doing. And then I love following up with those students and then saying, hey, please tell me what was your thought process? What was the turning point? What were the key things that you think you did that helped you out? And so I'm really looking forward to sharing some of those stories this year on this Behind the Bearcat. You know, students that have recently graduated may not be on campus anymore and who have had to go through this and maybe got a first job or got an internship and then got let go. And then that re, I don't even know what word I'm thinking of, reappropriate, re, reimagining yourself. Like, where do I go from here? Because the, the story is I go to college, I get my degree, I get my great job, and then I work at it for a while, a while right? So what happens when I go to college, I get my degree, I get my job, and then pandemic comes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a new story. So I'm really looking forward to those, um, hearing from some of those students this semester. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's always one of the best parts is being able to talk to, you know, both staff members, faculty, and then students as well to hear about kind of where they came from. Because I think, you know, even we work with a lot of the folks that we have on the podcast, and we know them, but we don't know their stories. We have no idea what they had to go through. Absolutely. To get here. <laughs> because you don't get to tell that story very often. And I think that's been the best part of the whole, the whole first season of Behind the Bearcat to me was people that I thought I knew really well, and I work with and know pretty well. I didn't know their story. So now I do. And that, that helps because when you know somebody's story, it's a lot easier to, to connect with them personally and professionally, I think. And I think another thing that I unintentionally have learned from this experience is you should be telling your story. Mm -hmm. I think people don't realize the value that comes from A, you sharing and gaining a better understanding of where you're at, mm -hmm. but B, the people behind you or your peers that are working with you that benefit from hearing what you've mm -hmm. been through. Like it's a, it's a big asset to be able to share those experiences with other people. Yep. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that I think COVID showed too, you know, when we had Jill on the podcast as a guest, our boss, Jill Brown, she's always telling students, you know, everyone you meet, tell them what you want. You know, hi, I'm Jill. I want to be this when I grow up. You know, I think that COVID was really a good illustration of how that works. And that's a good idea because, you know, when you're when you're in a situation where you can't necessarily go out and meet people and shake their hand, you know, anybody that you interact with online or on LinkedIn, you know, tell them what you're looking for, tell them, tell them your story, but tell them your goals too. And I think that that really, that point always made sense, but I think it really made sense, you know, during, I think you saw during, the real importance of yeah. it. 
because you can on on a normal year or in a normal situation you can kind of get away with uh i kind of want to be this but i'll maybe settle for this but but this year you, you there was it was only you putting out what you needed out there mm-hmm. it was a struggle if you if you weren't able to do that all right. Well, season two, we're going we're gonna to keep rolling with this format and see how we can go. So we'll definitely have, we've got some great guests we're talking about lining up. So we'll, we'll get those and get it. Is there anything, you know, looking ahead I to season two? We are always open to hearing more from anyone who listens yeah. to this. So please feel free, call us, email us, text mm-hmm. us, tweet at us, send us a Facebook message. If you have any ideas, thoughts, mm-hmm. if you know someone who would be great for the podcast, if you would like to be on the podcast, we mm-hmm. are open to self-promotion. Come promote yourself. We want to hear more about you. So that's, if you're a student here, staff member, faculty, if you've been a Bearcat, if you graduated in 1946, we want to hear from you. Absolutely. That'd be really interesting. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Please reach out and let us know, you know, suggestions or comments, or if you would like to be a guest, like Hannah said, definitely let us know because we always looking for suggestions because we, we kind of have the folks that we work with and we've got our list of folks we'd like to talk to, but we're always open to expanding that out for sure too. All right. All right. Let's get right. season two started. That's right. Yeah. So we'll have more episodes coming your way just like last season. Um, on Fridays, we'll release new episodes. We'll also, since we're doing it through Zoom, we'll have video content again. So make sure that you follow on that YouTube page as well um, to keep up to date with all the new uploads. So that'll do it for episode one of season two of Behind the Bearcat. And we'll talk to you next time.